I see something going downhill. I really got to go. I just like, it just feels so good to be flying. Like you yeah. just feel like you're flying, right? Like whether it's a gravel bike and you're taking it down something where you have no business being on or, or it's a mountain bike and you're like on a 110, 120 millimeter cross country bike, you know, hitting big drops that you definitely shouldn't be on. Like it just feels good. And it's like part yeah. of it. And at the core, right? It's just having fun, right? I think before anything, if you want to be a successful cyclist, I mean, you don't have to take it to that extent, but you got to figure out what is fun to you and really latch onto that because like fun, having fun and loving it at the core is what's going to get you through those like bad times, right? Like when I get hurt, there's not, there's not a moment where I'm like, oh man, I may never do this again, right? It's more of a, when's the next moment that I can get back on? And that just comes from, because it's so fucking fun. Super, super pumped to have you guys listening to this episode. <clears throat> Sorry, last week uh, episode did not come out uh, because the coffee trailer was booming. Um, I was heading down to Tucson for 24 hours of Old Pueblo with the single speed coffee trailer. And as I get into Tucson, my truck's vibrating pretty intensely and my engine light's flashing. So I pull over call a mechanic. He says, do not drive it. Oh man. So I, I'm at the, the QT gas station. I call a tow truck, have the tow truck, come get my truck, unload the trailer, unload all the stuff for the trailer. See my tow truck or see my truck get towed all the way to the Chevy dealer in Tucson, which I don't even know where it's at. And then Mikey gives me a ride to 24 hours of Old Pueblo and Brent, he's the man he was at 24 Hours of Old Pueblo and uh, texted me, yo, where's Single Speed Coffee? And I said, my truck broke down. I don't know if I can get there. He's like, oh, I'll come grab you. Um, and he came and grabbed the trailer with his truck, which thank God, he was such a lifesaver. So we got the trailer to 24 Hours of Old Pueblo. Um, and long story short, it was so much fun, but... Uh, it's been a crazy two weeks. So that's why the episode did not come out last week. I'm so sorry, but that'll never happen again. Um, it might. Life happens. But uh, <clears throat> thanks for tuning in again, you guys. And I'm super stoked to be talking to Martin today because he comes from a really cool background of, um, I mean, he was a 200-pound pure brick of muscle in CAA D1 hammer thrower to cross country and endurance mountain biker and gravel rider and ultra distance rider. And he's competing at a pro level. Um, and yeah, we just really dug deep into, you know, kind of almost the spiritual side of cycling and how, you know, it can just really change someone's life. But moving on guys, super, super stoked. I am partnering with Moxie Nutrition. Um, I've been talking about their stuff um, for a while now, and we finally, you know, partnered up to help you guys get a fifteen percent discount at checkout. But so Hydromac guys is what I use on a daily basis. 
off the bike. Um, it helps replenish my body with magnesium, um, and it's called Hydramag. And so this is just um, a big dose of magnesium, um, and this actually helps the body absorb salt. Um, it helps with stress. I sleep better. My whoop this morning after I drank Hydramag, I am pretty recovered. I'm in the green zone. Um, and Moxie Nutrition also has Phytolite. Um, this is a, an electrolyte that you would use on the bike, and it's also incorporating phytonutrients, so like spirulina, corolla, all these like micronutrients that helps the body do more um, with less, and it's so good. So I highly recommend checking those out, especially if you're doing ultra distances or um, starting to train. Guys, incorporating these two things are huge. Hydromag is going to help absorb all of the electrolytes you drink so you won't sweat out salt this is i've done this um and it is amazing and you feel amazing this is supposed to prevent cramps and i can attest when i don't drink hydromag i cramp when i do i don't um, i sleep better i think better i feel better with hydromag and guys you can find that at moxie life Dot com and our partner sponsor moxie nutrition is founded by a female six-time ironman finisher four-time ncaa all-american university of wisconsin whitewater wall of famer mineral health specialist and magnesium expert and moxie nutrition is one of the few female-owned and operated endurance sports nutrition companies in the u.s catering to all athletes of all ages and check out their products at moxielife.com. That's M-O-X-I-L-I-F-E.com. Mag up with Hydramag, magnesium for better performance and recovery. And at checkout, use all caps STOKE PODCAST to get 15% off. Boom. Guys, go check those out. Um, we're getting into the swing of things. Um, we're just having a good time, a good life. We're staying stoked. I hope you guys are staying stoked wherever you may be. If you're having a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening, stay tuned. Allow this to pass the time in a good way with Martin Murillo. All right, guys, nice. welcome to the Stoke podcast. Today, I have Martine Murillo um, on the show today. It's been way too long, man. I've wanted to have you on since, God, episode one, really. Dude, thanks. It's so cool to be on, man, and cool to see the podcast and everything happening with it. You know, I feel like it's been a little bit since we've seen each other anyways. I feel like I see you more regularly anyway, yeah. so it's about time we catch up no matter what. Yeah, no, exactly. And this is a good outlet so we can catch up, you know? So, um, yeah, dude. And you're recovering we're talking again. about mustaches and yeah, we were. why I'm growing my mustache, you know, well, the mustache the topic was gaper gaps, mustaches and why I'm growing a mustache. Yeah. And how the mustache <laughs> is actually the most beautiful when it matches your eyebrows. 
Dude, my eyebrows are way darker. <laughs> this is about all I got right here. Like, this is like like three weeks of growth since I uh, since I crashed and got hurt, and I haven't shaved this since. This is about all I got, man. So it, it pretty soon good. it'll go. But I can see I that see, you man. you know I can definitely see the stash, and it's Please, it's definitely a work in progress. Um, we got matching glasses too. Sorry. Yeah, I didn't I didn't plan this. Um, <laughs> and I'm wearing the Stoke Podcast T-shirt. I'm going to get one, dude. I like the pink a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you can get them in so many different colors. You can get them like black, yellow, pink. Um, and it's like a light pink too, but I think white really, I kind of, I kind of made it optional so you can kind of get any color you want. And they got a six stoke stoked mind on the back with a brain that I did for, uh, on Adobe illustrator. I just like drew this sweet brain here. I got it. I'll, I'll show you. Well, and you know, you know, uh, if someone were to uh, be interested in purchasing one of these fine T-shirts from you, where where would they be able to find them? You know, I'm, I'm curious. Um, if you go on my profile on Instagram, it's on the Etsy link. You hit that, and you can get Stoke Podcast T-shirts. I got a Sick Champion uh, sweatshirt that's like the same yeah. same style, and then also um, a few with my artwork. Um, just I kind of have a sweatshirt that says stoked right on the front in black ink and a little alien dude giving a peace sign sitting on a sideways D it's pretty, pretty fun stuff. Um, but yeah, you can, you can find that on Etsy. Uh, it's the sweatshirts are pretty cheap. The shirts are pretty cheap too. Like this one's 35 bucks, but it's because of, yeah, it's the way I'm going through printify, but yeah, you can, and it gets ordered right to your door, you know? So it, it's pretty easy. Go on Etsy, place the order. I'll get on my laptop and just go pop, send it right to you. Yeah, man. Well, well I'm going to get my order in. I'm yeah. Get their orders in too. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you're listening to this right now and, and you haven't placed an order, um, you, you need to just like get on, get on board, really. Go right now. Right now. What's that Instagram? Quinn Travis. Three S's. Three S's. <laughs> um, hit that dude, bio. It, hit that bio. It's really good to talk to you, man. Um, and you've been really battling these injuries, huh? Like it's been these two years have been just brutal, I feel like, for you. They've been a little brutal, man. I, I think I've done a lot of really good uh, – growth too i I've, i'm like brutal yeah but also a lot of really cool stuff's happened right um right now like three weeks ago i had a crash and separated my shoulder i had a, that grade five shoulder separation let me lower you down so it looks like i'm actually looking at you that's what i want to oh, so i'm sorry nice. i don't mean to cut you off there but no it's okay that's a lot better but um yeah man it's been like this is the second sh shoulder surgery within two years it hasn't even been two years since the last one um just been unfortunate, man. I, I think a lot of it has just been my mentality of jumping into the sport a little bit late, right? Just like you and feeling like I have a chip on my shoulder and needing to catch up. And, uh, you know, other than this last injury, right? This last injury was, I think like was a bit of a freak accident. Like there wasn't any moment where I can look back and be like, man, I did this wrong. I did that wrong. Or like, I screwed this up. It was just like, man, it just, sometimes that kind of stuff happens. And, um, but in the past it was definitely that, right? Like chip on my shoulder, wanting to like catch up, feeling like I need to play catch up. Um, 
leading me to get injured, right? So started off like a year and a half ago with the shoulder injury, my right shoulder, and I uh, tore my labrum up pretty badly. Had to get shoulder surgery on that one as well and get that reconstructed, um, healed up and probably like, man, that was uh, August 22nd, I think of 2021 was when I had surgery. Then uh, healed up and I was actually racing again by February of that next year, which was pretty rad. But again, um, had a couple pretty sweet races that I got to do, Rock Cobbler uh, and um, Prison City Gravel over in Texas. Really cool stuff. And then came back in April. I just like, again, had a moment where I had a really bad crash at high speeds and training and hit my head really hard and had a pretty bad concussion, had post-concussive syndrome after that. And, um, for maybe like two months, just kind of being pretty out of it, not feeling like myself, depression, all that kind of stuff that you hear about with concussions and, uh, got out of that and actually had a, for me, I think a really successful year regardless. And fortunately I'm back in the surgery recovery. So I really, uh, I don't know, man, I, I wasn't hoping that I'd end up back here, but to be honest with you, uh, like it's always like a bit of a test and I feel pretty capable of like taking it on this time around, you know, I feel like every time that I've gotten injured in the past, I've always gone through this moment of just existential dread of just like, Oh, what am I going to do now? But this time I'm just more like it happens, you know, I don't feel like I have that chip on my shoulder anymore and feel like I'm being held back. It's just something that happens when you do what we do. And um, I'm just thinking about how I can get back on as quick as possible. That's really where I'm at now. And just like, and and it's, you know, like try to take the good things into account. I think like where I was talking like the other day or thinking the other day of just how like, this is the first winter in Flagstaff where I'm not uh, having existential dread every day because it's going to snow or not. I'm just like chilling, watching the two feet of snow build out my window, getting yeah. all cozy and just trying to find other things to enjoy. Um, my job is an awesome outlet for me. I'm still feeling like I'm in the bike world. Uh, so I'm still creating and creating is a big part of me too, right? We were talking about like you, your, your jerseys and what you're designing and drawing in this podcast, even, and that's a big part of what I like to do and a big part of me. So I still have some really cool outlets and really good opportunities and focusing on what I have and not like this shoulder that I got to keep in a sling. And all in all, I'll be back riding dude by like outdoors by April, right around April. So it's not going to be a very long time. I'll be back before I know it. And I'm the trainer way before that. Totally. Even so, so you can even start building a base, you know, yeah. so it's not like it's going to set you back, but man, it was just such a bummer to hear that you're going through it again. Cause yeah. you were, uh, yeah. So our relationship, you know, it's, I've, we met 2021. So I kind of have seen you go through the, the first shoulder injury and then, you know, getting stoked again to like get get riding with you again. And then the concussion happened. I was like, fuck no. And then hit you up to be like, Martin, come down to Cottonwood. Oh, bummer shoulder again. And you know, yeah. it's, it's cool that you're, you're taking it um in a much better light this time because it can be so like the whole world just probably stops moving, you know, cause we kind of get it in a tendency where like training is our only outlet. And it's cool that, you know, it's not just training it. You have the outlet to keep creating and doing what you like to do. And the bike's not going to go anywhere. Yeah, exactly, dude. And, and I think it's just part of it. Right. And you really have to accept that every time you get on the bike, there's a chance that you're going to crash and 
you're gonna fuck something up. Sorry, can I curse? Is that okay? Yeah. Oh, dude. That, yeah, yeah, this is explicit. <laughs> that you're gonna fuck something up pretty bad, and that you know, at any moment, any anything like that could happen, right? And just something you and that, like if you accept it, right? It's it's not that it's not hard. I mean, I deal with like it's hard every day, right? Right. Only having one arm, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, just try to focus, right? Gratitude's a big part of it for me. Just trying to stay grateful about what I do have, which is a really rad life. And in the end, it's just going to be a little speed bump um, along the road. And I, I think for me, the last injury, I learned a lot just about mindfulness and meditation helped me out a lot and just being okay. I really felt like when I hurt my shoulder the first time, and even when I had my head injury that like, I lost a big part of me because I wasn't riding my bike and what was I worth now that I'm not riding my bike and blah, blah, blah. But um, really thinking about it, breaking it down and spending a lot of time trying to, trying to just kind of be all right as a human first, and then get to apply that positive energy towards being a cyclist really helped me out then. And I feel like going into this one, like I said, I'm bummed, man. I think about it every day. I want to be out and riding and, you know, I've been out, I've been on the trainer. I try to get on there every other day right now for 30 minutes, just moving the legs for a little bit. Um, and I'm definitely bummed, but you know, it's part of it, man. It, it is part of it. And I'm already doing a lot better than the last surgery I Had my first doctor's appointment on Friday that they said, it's going to be pretty quick recovery compared to that other, uh, surgery that I had on my right shoulder. So that one is pretty miserable and I made it through. So I, I think it'll be, it's going to be all right, you know? Yeah. And it's a good Walk. time of year to get injured. It's like, I got injured early February. It's not like, you know, I'll have, I'll have plenty of time to race and, for me, I love the late fall and fall racing, especially here mm -hmm. in Arizona. So that's what I'm really looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you're looking at the light at the end of the dark tunnel, you know, it's, um, compared to everything that you've been through in the past, I think you've learned, you know, how, how to actually get through this second one. And you seem like you, you're much, and you're, you're in a better mindset than yeah. you were for sure. Um, but yeah, let me, let me ask like, what's, when you do end up healing and stuff like that, um, what, what, what are you doing? Um, I know you signed with, Oh, what can I say? Oh yeah, man. Well, I'm, I'm riding for tailwind, uh, nutrition yes. this year Cool. and flag bike rev flagstaff bicycle revolution here in flagstaff. So, um, tailwind taking care of my nutrition They're They've been really cool to work with. And, you know, they, they know that I got hurt. I've been patient with me through that whole thing. So, I, you know, when I, when I get back, man, I'm really just looking forward to picking up right back where I left off. Um, I think we both really like racing on dirt, uh, mm. for long periods of time. And that's what I hope to do and do it fast, you know, so going to get back and just do probably like a good little base block to, to get my endurance back to where it was. I, you know, that was one of the really big bummers was I felt like I was, I was really strong right before I got hurt and I was just about to open up my season and I worked really hard and had done some pretty big training blocks to like get my fitness back to where I really wanted it to be. And that was one of the big bummers, but I know I can get right back there. So just focus on training for a little bit and then get to racing probably around June is what I'm hoping to right now. Yeah. And you've built, you've dug a well, you know, so even that like you got hurt and you're going to be taking what a few months off um, of not the training you've been used to, I think a lot of endurance athletes who do consistently train all year round, you know, you build such a well that when you do get back on your bike, you're going to get to that fitness much quicker than if you were just starting. Totally. Yeah, yeah and totally. And I should be back on the trainer now and like 
maybe three weeks. I should, like, and I mean, back on the trainer in terms of being able to put some weight on my shoulder and actually being able to put a little bit of power out instead of just sitting on the saddle and, yeah. you know, spinning at 160 Watts for 30, 40 minutes, I'll mm-hmm. actually be able to start building back some fitness again. So I may have lost a little bit, but like you said, man, I, you know, it's been, been doing this now for a few years and been working and putting in some volume. So hopefully it'll be pretty quickly to get back. And I've unfortunately had to get back, come back quite a few times and yeah. it always comes back. So the top end's the hardest part for me is just like, usually like after an injury, like six weeks of endurance, if I had some somewhat of a base beforehand and some fitness beforehand, and then uh, try to start incorporating a little bit more um, race specific intensity, especially because racing is going to be coming around the corner and I'll definitely plan on using racing to kind of springboard me into fitness a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, I don't think I have to be at like the very top end of my personal fitness to be uh, in the mix at gravel races and some of the faster gravel races where you can draft. So always good to like be able to do that. And I really want to race this year. That's kind of where my head's really at some, some events that I really want to hit this year. Um, so, and some personal goals I have that I want to do this year. So the fire's really burning, man. Like I'm really motivated still. And, uh, I'm just itching to get back on the bike. That's the main thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I think, you know, what I want to kind of go into is, um, and the reason, not only reason why I want you on the podcast, but I think you offer so much to a listener, um, because you and I kind of come from the same background of coming into the, like you said, coming into the sport a little late and performing, you know, with, with the guys who've been doing it for five to 10 years. Right. Um, but having the background that you have, I kind of want to hear that story of kind of where you were in college and then how you found the bike. And then also where you, where you found, or I guess where you understood that maybe you are good enough to actually compete at a high level, um, in endurance sports, you know, yeah, yeah, you were a NCAA D one thrower. Yeah, exactly. So, So it's, it's a, it's been a wild ride and it's always so cool to get to talk about because hasn't been until really, especially now it has, cause it hasn't been until really recently where I feel like I've really embraced all that I've done and all that I've been able to accomplish as an athlete already and not feel like I have to get to a certain point, but man, yeah, I started off as a, as a division one hammer thrower. Uh, before that I start, I picked up hammer throwing right at the very last part of high school uh, and managed to do well enough to get recruited to go throw at Cornell university. And I went there and I threw there uh, for four years um, had a pretty cool college career. I always had really big aspirations um, in terms of hammer throwing, even, you know, being an athlete has been something that I've loved since I was so little and it's extended through everything that I've done. Um, but, uh, I really kind of topped out in hammer throwing in college. I loved it, but it kind of was very difficult for me to get really strong, which is something that's really necessary in hammer throwing. Uh, Um, but I had a really good experience competing and learning from some amazing athletes, right? Like my roommate in college, uh, for four years, uh, was a, or not was, he is the American record holder in the hammer. He's a two-time Olympian now. And we lived together for four years and I trained with him and I really like learned about his mindset and why he does what he does and took that on. And I had other teammates who were also Olympians. So I got to learn a lot from So the opportunity to just kind of surround myself with these really high level athletes 
I really, first of all, that moment felt like I didn't belong there. Um, but I put myself in a position to just kind of like be a sponge and absorb everything that I possibly could. Um, but like I said, I got to a point where I was traveling with the team that had me. I got to compete at all the conference championships, um, had some strong performances here and there, but never really hit what I hoped was my potential. Nowadays, in hindsight, I just kind of think back and know that I don't think I was necessarily ever meant to be a strength athlete to a really high level. Um, it, like I said, I mean, I worked really, really hard. And eventually I got really, really, really stupid strong compared to the average human. But I never had that explosiveness naturally that you need to be a really high caliber athlete in, in that uh, sport. So kind of topped off senior year. I was really hoping to make it to grad school uh, and compete an extra year. I had another year of eligibility, so I wanted to stay in there. I figured I'd only been throwing for four years at that point. So I figured, man, if I have another year or two of this, then I'm going to be in a really uh, solid position to to hopefully get another scholarship, go to grad school, keep competing, maybe be able to go back home to my home country in Colombia and compete um, under that nationality for a bit. But it just never panned out. I don't know what it was, man. Like I, I was doing so much that senior year, like me and my uh, buddy, Rudy, who's that uh, Olympian, we would drive like a couple hours to see his coach, who was a Irish Olympian in upstate New York and like snowstorms to go throw and like train. And it just, I just, it just never clicked. And when I graduated, I didn't really have anything else that I was doing. I was living up there in Ithaca, New York, upstate New York very kind of hilly, uh, rugged terrain up there. And um, somewhere along the line of competing in track and field in college, just being in college, I had found uh, mountain biking. I remember I grew up skateboarding and surfing. So I always really loved those kind of like extreme sports. And I was watching the surf documentary and I saw this dude zipping through the woods talking about how he mountain bikes in his off season. And I was like, man, I really got to do that. And I bought a mountain bike like the next day on Craigslist and went mountain biking and almost broke the bike in half because I was like 235, 240 pounds at that point. Um, and it was like a GT from like 2001. And I was like, okay, I got to put this on hold because I just didn't want to get hurt. I had some aspirations. So I like really loved mountain biking. And I remember even at that time I was going on pink bike and watching like shred it and all that kind of stuff. But I just couldn't ever commit to cycling because I was a 240 pound hammer thrower. So I was like, man, when this hammer throwing thing's done, I'm going to like start riding a mountain bike and I'm just going to go ride mountain bikes. That's all I want to do. So eventually the whole grad school thing didn't pan out. I was up there in Ithaca, New York. I took a job at the water plant there in Ithaca, New York, doing some lab work. And uh, I started mountain biking. I bought my first real mountain bike and just started riding my mountain bike every single day. I had a pretty good work schedule that I got off work at three. And then I would just head on over to the local mountain bike trails and just ride every single day. And I started off riding more enduro-oriented terrain and downhill, um, and eventually, like, got into racing enduro, racing downhill, and really, really fell in love with riding bikes. That kind of led me into more of an ultra endurance endurance sort of field. Eventually, I started riding to the trails and then doing a trail ride and then riding home. I started, you know, riding to the bike shop, then riding to the trails and then riding home. Eventually I was just doing huge rides and realized that like those rides were just making me feel so good and giving me this huge rush. And that's all I wanted to do and committed myself to that. And at that time I was racing enduro. I, su I succeeded in enduro to somewhat, you know, I, I won a championship in Texas and age group, 
uh, my first year racing, but I realized kind of something that I realized when I grew up skateboarding too, is like, if I want to, if I'm, if I do this to the level that I want to do things, I may get extremely hurt, which is ironic with me, like now with my, my, uh, shoulder in a sling, but I knew that I was going to get really hurt trying to race enduro and maybe downhill to a really high level. And I decided to try a marathon cross country race out in Texas. Um, I did, I had a pretty great result for my first ever race. And then from then on, I was just like obsessed with the idea of becoming an elite ultra endurance athlete. Uh, that was like February of 2020, right before the pandemic that I raced that race. And I was like, man, I'm going to like dedicate myself to racing off-road ultra endurance, do all the races unbound, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then a month later, the pandemic hit. And then like, it ended up for me actually being right for, which is, you know, we've seen a lot of people kind of have that same sort of result for me. It was actually kind of a good thing. It gave me an opportunity to just like train like a madman for a really long time. But, um, after that, that's when I just started racing and I started racing, um, marathon races here in Arizona, some ultra endurance events, bikepacking events. Um, and that's what I love to do now. And I've had some really awesome times on the bike, dude. I love bikes more than anything in the world. It like changed my life. My job is now all about bikes. I make things about bikes. I think about bikes all the time. And, um, you know, that's, yeah, I guess that, that's where, you know, where I'm at now. I just like, I've had the opportunity to do this and it seems wild that I get to do this now and that I get to ride bikes. And even like the shoulder injury, I'm like, man, I hurt my shoulder riding my bike, but I got to call it like a worker's comp claim. Right. Who gets to say that? Right. I got, yeah, I got hurt riding my bike for work. So it's all cool stuff. And and I'm really grateful about it. I've had some cool results along the way. And I have some really high aspirations for myself and hopes for the future. Um, and just aside from that, just co- consistently excited about riding bikes all the time. Yeah. And that's is. the most important thing, you know, it's just like keeping that, keeping that stoke um, or else we'll lose it, you know? Um, yeah. But I love that story. I mean, coming from an athletic background, growing up as an athlete and then I mean, being good enough to start at the end of your high school career to get an NCAA D1, you know, job as a thrower, a hammer thrower, and then taking that to a whole level. And in my experience, I was, that was hockey for me. And, um, I left, I left my hometown, uh, senior year of high school to go play junior hockey, which is like semi-pro it's kind of a feeder to colleges and, um, moved to Philadelphia, played on another junior team on the East coast. And yeah, same thing. I was 190 pounds, super strong, right. Stronger than the average human. But it was just like you is like to get to that another, to that next level influences kind of took over my life where beers and girls and, you know, just things that you just, Dude, I just lost. So expensive. And Dude, hockey I, mean, I think so people, expensive. people think cycling is expensive, which it is. But like, once you buy a bike, you can kind of like do stuff, but like because I, I remember I don't, I don't know if you remember I told you I grew up playing hockey that was like my yeah. first sport that I ever played and yeah. I ended up getting into throwing because I had to stop playing hockey and was like well what am I going to do now yeah but I know that that grind is crazy man it's crazy yeah. dude I was <clears throat> yeah I would go to the rink um I'd have my dad drop me off on the weekends at 7 a.m I'd be the only one out on the outdoor rink at negative seven degrees in Gunnison Colorado trying to perfect that sport, trying to be the best I could be. And I, I, 
that's all I did. And, you know, it was just like kind of having that mentality. If it came to baseball, I was there, you know, I was a catcher. Like I wanted to throw people out at second base. And so I would stay and just work on my throw and work on my batting. And so when that kind of subsided and you become a, kind of a independent adult, what I was like the outlets, I just didn't know anymore. I was, I was a skier and I was a kayaker and the true love was fitness. Like I just loved fitness. You know, it was like CrossFit was great. Cause you, you know, that, that, that red line, you know, that where your body's going hitting the, hitting the 8,000 RPMs. Like I just love that. And, uh, and then I just got a single speed and fell in love. And then 2020, same as you, which is so funny. I got a geared bike and I was like expanding my distances. It was always 10 miles, 12 miles. And then I was like, let me try a 30 mile, go out and do a 30 mile, come back toast. I'm like, Whoa, that was cool. Let me get on. Finally, I found Strava 2020 and I was like, let me throw up some routes. And so it's, so we kind of have a similar experience coming into that. And then when we ride together, I mean, we got to have the same same yeah. style of riding, same power. Like you managed uh, to stay up more than me though. So you, you get that one for sure. Well, no, I, I just think what I, what I have is I save it until like the important yeah. days. Cause you do, you know, we, we both have the capability of ripping, but even on a training ride, Martin, you'll just fucking rip down hills where I'm like, you know, I can maybe stay on your wheel, but I don't know if I want to break a collarbone today, you know, but I think you just have that like full send mode all all the time. Yeah. I think a lot of it for me, like that, that whole like thing is that like, I, like I said, I grew up surfing, I grew up skateboarding and I've always really admired those cultures. Mm -hmm. And there's such like a purity to, to skateboarding and surfing where like people just do it just because like it feels wrong, so wrong to not do it. And I've always really wanted that in my life. And I found the bike and I had that. And I feel that same way. Like, I mean, it, it sounds so dumb, right? The, the idea that like, right, there's these big events or these big races, but like, oh, you, you know, you get hurt, like sending it on some dumb thing. But at the same time, it's like, it's like, it's not that if I don't do that, it doesn't feel okay to me. It's just like, that's a part of me. Like racing is such a small part of what I do. Like for me, some of the best moments I've had riding a bike are ripping descents with my best friends, just screaming, barely hanging on for dear life, where I can like re- look back and remember almost like every split second of those descents or that moment. Those are the moments for me that mean a lot. Racing, sure, there's a lot of those moments in racing and racing is almost like its own thing. It's like it's, it's like a, a necessary evil in my head sometimes racing is, uh, but it's just like, that's just part of it, right? Like, it's just part of the lifestyle. You just do it because it feels good. And I think I, I have some continuously, uh, I think I need to continuously work on really defining the line uh, for myself. But like I said, this last injury, dude, wasn't even one of those scenarios where I crossed the line. I think I've gotten a lot better at that, but it's just part of it, man. I just like, I see something going downhill. I really got to go. I just like, I, it just feels so good to be flying. Like, you just feel like you're flying, right? Like whether it's a gravel bike and you're taking it down something where you have no business being on or, or it's a mountain bike and you're like on a 110, 120 millimeter cross country bike, you know, hitting big drops that you definitely shouldn't be on. Like it just feels good. And it's like part of it. And at the core, right. It's just like having fun. Right. I think before anything, 
if you want to be a successful cyclist, I mean, you don't have to take it to that extent, but you got to figure out what is fun to you and really latch onto that because like fun, having fun and loving it at the core is what's going to get you through those like bad times. Right. Like when I get hurt, there's not, there's not a moment where I'm like, Oh man, I may never do this again. Right. It's more of a, when's the next moment that I can get back on. And that just comes from, cause it's so fucking fun. Yeah, totally. It is. It is. And, uh, I think I've just, I can define that line more so now than ever, because, you know, I do have to be functional when I come home, you know, to be, you know, to change a diaper and to like have two hands to hold my baby. Um, so I think the downhills for me now are, I still, I still hit that line or I get close to it, but I think I'm in, I'm always in control. Um, when I'm on the flats or I'm ascending, when I'm going up, oh, I'm I'm redlining, yeah. you know, just because like that's that's a freedom. What's cool about cycling is like there's a whole range of of edge. There's edge of body. There's edge of physical like comfort, and there's edge of like I could really get hurt. So for me, it's like the edge is so multidimensional. You know, even on a road bike, going up to Sedona. I'm just trying to always be like finding that edge, you know, just like, I want to, yeah, it's just getting my Watts up there where my heart rate's starting to go. My mind's saying this sucks, but for some reason I like it so much, but, um, anyway, yeah, I, we just went on a ramp, but I think that's, what's so cool about cycling though, right. Is that there's so many ways, especially bike racing, like getting into bike racing, you know, there's, it, it's so multi like faceted and multidimensional that like having different strengths and different areas where you can focus on and exploit on is like uh, a really cool thing about the sport. Right. I, I think cycling is so cool because there's so many different body types and so many, right. Like there's the tiny climbers, there's the big, strong splinter or sprinters. There's like the in-between, like you don't have to have a certain body type or a certain kind of strength to, to succeed. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. There's plenty of people who don't, go crazy on descents but can rip up a climb and like those people beat me in a race you know <laughs> like totally for, for sure so and that's what's so cool about cycling i think that there's so many different ways that you can fall in love with the sport and it feels so almost endless in a way right like when you get bored of one thing it's just like all right well i guess right like if oh i i'm bored of riding my gravel bike all right well let me get my mountain bike and go ride a trail right and mm-hmm. it, it makes it so interesting and such like a all-consuming sport in my opinion totally every single day could be something new yeah like done with a mountain bike gravel bike and eh. oh let me just spin out on the road bike you know let me get 30 miles in super quick super there's not a, a there's not much stress on the body and yeah. you can feel free and adventure and yeah. it just it's a whole way of it exploring our world you know, it's like the best yeah. way to find a new area is get on two wheels and pedal through it. Um, and I think moving forward, like, um, you are really getting into ultras and that's like something you've, you've mentioned to me is like you, you succeed when it's longer than five hours, eight hours, right? Like, yeah. um, what is that attraction in like, what do you see yourself, you know, accomplishing in the next few years? Like, what are some big goals of yours? Yeah, dude. Well, to speak to the attraction, like first, 
for me, and you just said it, and I was I almost like chimed in and interrupted you, and I held back. And but like adventure, dude, like you just said it. For me, uh, like adventure is such a cool thing. Like feeling like you're on these crazy adventures, and the more a ride or a race, especially, feels like an adventure. Like you're going through different terrains. Maybe you're down in the desert and you climb, you know, a couple thousand feet, and you're up in the pines, and then you go down, like. That to me is the coolest thing in the freaking world. Ever since I was a kid, I've just been obsessed with the idea of adventure and going on long voyages and, and like, you know, it sounds so dumb, but right, like, like the voyages across the oceans back in like the colonial days and how gnarly it must have been. And like, it's not that riding a bike is anything like that. But to me, when you have these longer rides and longer races, especially, there's so many opportunities for you to like go through some sort of turmoil or have something bad happen and then figure it out and be able to bounce back. And for me, when I like, at the end of the day, when I finish a race, no matter where I am or finish a ride, I like to think back and be like, man, that was so fucking cool. Like, remember when we did this and like that happened and you know, that's the coolest part. And I find that when I, especially nowadays, I feel like I like choosing my, my races carefully just because have limited time. I also have like limited energy for racing. I have other like non-racing goals. I like to just finish the race and feel like I went through a war. And I don't know if maybe that's like, like the masochist in me, but it's so cool to be able to like think back and the longer a race is, the more of these stories and the more of these experiences uh, that you have. And it also, is just a lot of it is just conquering yourself. And like I, before I started riding and before I started racing in these events, I, and, you know, I still do to an extent, I, I suffered with a lot of like self-confidence issues and it really helps you if you go to these events and you have an open mind and you just try as hard as you can at the end of it, like you can do nothing but like be proud of yourself. And that really helps you. And that helped me a lot. Like, I feel like cycling has made me a more confident person in these events, especially because um, it's like, it makes it so much easier to go through other stuff when you're like, man, I remember that time where I was like, you know, like dying climbing out of the river or whatever and like i've made it through or like i remember that time like going through the mud bog and like i decided to pick up my bike and run or like you know it's like it's like you can kind of make those little references and makes things a lot easier and it also is just again like going back to it really fun and that that to me is what's fun that may not be what's fun to everybody but to me that is the absolute most fun thing that i can do is go on like an all-day adventure uh whether it's oh. uh riding just a ride with like whether we, you, you and I go on one of our crazy adventures or whether it's like going to a race where it's bound to be a crazy adventure, right? Like all of a sudden, even if on the shorter races, all of a sudden like a storm hits the night before and it's going to be freezing. Like, I love that shit, man. Like that excites me, like to be able to like go out there and figure out if I can make it through that. Like, I, it's almost like if, if that stuff doesn't happen, it's like, oh man, it's not, it's not that it's not worth it, but it's like, oh, it's like, it's not a true test. Sometimes. Totally. And like you go even through these big adventures, even if it's like you and I, or even races, there are sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if I can fucking keep going. You know, like th there's yeah. that little voice in your head that's like, oh man, what if we can't make it? And you're like, oh, no, we'll figure it out. Keep going. Well, we got this. And then an hour later, two hours later, you're like, oh man, this is the best thing in the world. You know, it's like these, these valleys and peaks that you go through. Yeah. like emotionally. And I like how you said, like, you know, you, you were face, you know, you, you've always dealt with like self-confident issues. So did I, like, 
I think cycling is the, the first sport where I've actually been not confident in myself, but like non-judgmental. Um, yeah. I think every kind of sport I've done, whether it's like hockey, um, CrossFit, football, even, you know, even in college, I, there was always, I was always seeking a physique or I was always seeking the perfect body, right? I wanted my perfect abdominal muscles and I wanted to achieve perfect pecs and shoulder ratio, which was so toxic. Every time you looked in the mirror, no matter how, how good I might've looked, it was always, eh, you could work on this. You could do better at this. Yeah. You you don't look good enough with cycling. I, I don't think I've faced that. I don't look in the mirror anymore and go, Oh, wow. Wow. You, you're super skinny. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, it's just, I I'm, I look at myself with gratitude and love and because my body at this point can do so much more than my big physical muscles ever have for me yeah. in the past. You know, it's like, I have a, I have a functional body now, you know, that's, that's, allowed me to do what I, I love to do, which is ride my bike, you know, and that's all I focus on. I don't do crazy EMOMs in the gym anymore, or, you know, I don't care about putting 315 pounds on my back and going for five reps. Like that doesn't stress me. Like that used to stress me out. And, and now I think this is the first time I've actually came to that realization that this is the only time I've actually felt confident in my body. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally, man. And yeah. I, mean, I think like personally, I definitely have some work to do in terms of feeling confident in my body. But yeah. that being said, I I made so much progress and so cycling's definitely helped me get there. And like you said, it just kind of feels like it's the first sport that I've done where I just, I don't necessarily have this like greater objective. You know what I mean? Like no matter mm -hmm. what, I'm going to be riding a bike and I just love to do it fast. And I can fully embrace that. And uh I like feel it and I, and I really love it. And I know that no matter what I'm going to be riding and that kind of liberates a lot of the stress. I mean, I think a lot of it for me too. And like for you, as we have other things that we do and right, like, like for me at, at this point in my life, I'm not probably not going to be in a position where I'm solely riding for a living at any point, maybe, I don't know who knows, but like, so I have other stuff that I like to do and I don't feel a lot of pressure towards cycling. I truly like only do it because I love it. And I'm lucky enough to have some support now along the way that helps me be able to do it uh, even better than I could before. But at the end of the day, like I really love riding a bike and I'm going to do it no matter what. And I'm like riding a bike fast is really fun. And in the past, just like you said, I, I've always in the sports that I've done, I've always had objectives for myself, right? Like I want to do this. And if I do this, then I am a successful athlete in that one specific sport. Or if I do that, then I can say that I did what I set out to do. And sure, with cycling, I definitely have goals throughout the season. You know, we can, do, I know we need to get it. We wanted to get into that a little bit. We can get into that a little bit more, but it's so much more than that, right? Like end of the day, if I don't accomplish those goals, I know that I'm still going to be out there giving it my best and having a great time doing so. So it's, it's very liberating when you don't worry about, right. Like feeling like, like this is, and that's, I try to tell that to like young cyclists that I meet that, Hey, you know, like you can put a lot of eggs in that cycling basket, the one where like you want to like have a career out of riding a bike and solely riding a bike. 
but it's really great to make sure you have other skills and other things that make you valuable uh, as an individual aside from that. And I think that is a super important way to set yourself up for not having like that crazy pressure. Cause I totally agree with you, man. Like cycling, I don't, I, there's definitely been times where I feel like I've been overtrained uh, or not, not necessarily overtrained where I kind of feel like maybe I'm getting close to that burnout feeling or something like that. But a lot of that, those times are just, you know, I can easily take a step back and be like, well, no one's forcing you to do this. Like, I'd love to do this. And that's why I do this. Are you going to stop? No. Okay, cool. Let's yeah. keep going. And, and no one's going to love, you know? Yeah. No one's going to love you less if you don't, <laughs> if you don't ride your bike. Um, and that's, or, or achieve that goal that let's just say some of my goals are like, Oh, I want to take top 20 at cactus cup. Right. Like, and if I take 25th, or 30th or 40th, you know, it's easy to go, well, I went way too hard off the gun. All right. It's just, it's just like, it's just, there's so many things that can happen out there that like, I don't beat myself up ever yeah. in a race because like you said, it's just such an adventure and an experience, whether it's a training ride, an adventure ride, a ride with friends, um, a really serious race, they kind of all feel the same. There's always these, these ups and these downs you look, you look in front of you on the, on the adventure forward and there's a big hill. I always go, well, here we go. Right. Like whether it's a race or whether I'm just training, but, um, yeah. And it's, it's just been a, a really good way to just even also, um, exert whatever's going on in your life, you know, just to get out and reflect. And I like going back, sorry, I'm, but going back to what you said for like younger kids who are getting into the sport, I feel like a lot of them that we know or a lot of them that because I I run the coffee the single speed coffee trailer. So all I do is go to events and I see younger yeah. younger kids, you know, who are really putting all of their eggs in this one basket of cycling and I tell them I didn't start until I was 24, 23. You know, like I really didn't start until I was 23. I had a whole college experience. I got a degree, you know, and not saying that, you know, if college isn't right for you, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, try to find what makes you like tick that, that yeah. the bike's always going to be there. That'll always make you tick, but you need other things because you are going to hurt your shoulder. You are going to, you know, fall down on your bike. And then what happens when you don't have the bike, right? How are you going yeah. to maintain a sense of, of, of gratitude and a sense of, creativity throughout your life you yeah. know but yeah and, no, I and like in the you... day like right like clinging to one thing is never like super healthy right but building your identity on one thing only is not mm -hmm. the most healthy of things and i think right for those young kids i think if you're uh, unless you're 16 not even 16 unless you're 17 18 maybe like getting ready to get get out of uh, high school and move on to your next step you should really just be focused on having fun on the bike I mean, I think if you're a motivated, dedicated kid or teenager, like you're going to go out there and you're going to put the volume in, but you shouldn't focus on that. It's just focus on making sure you're enjoying the bike, right? Like if, I, if I, I've met some kids who, you know, maybe they're 15, 16 and they're doing like 25 hour weeks and they miss a workout or they have a buddy call them up to go ride trails for fun the next day and they don't do that. And then they burn out, you know, like if, if you're, if you're a kid, you should totally be focused on fun. I mean, and even past being a kid, you should be focused on fun, but especially in that case, that, that's really the, 
the most important thing is to like develop a love for riding the bicycle and yeah. the rest of it will take care of itself. Right. You know, if you really love riding a bike and you can develop that by having fun and having those fun experiences, especially when you're younger, um, that's going to be so much healthier in the long run than just going out there and smashing for 26 hours a week and hating yourself, you know, hating yourself. Yeah. Great. And hating, hating the bike because now it's not a tool for an adventure. It's a tool for, um, physical punishment, you know, yeah. like, oh, coach is putting me at, uh, our tempo again today. Like yeah. you're going to burn out. If you're, if you have that mindset, every time you wake up, like I do not want to do this workout. Yeah. Yeah. There's sometimes I'm still like, yeah three hours, you know, and I got an hour of tempo. I'm like, mm, I'm going to go do it. Cause I love it. You know, it's like, yeah. I, that's that like fitness addict in me. It was like, Oh, this will be sick. Let me see how, how far I can push my body. But yeah. And, it, and that even translates not even on the bike too. Like you're finding a career that you truly love, right? Yes. It has to do with bikes, but yeah, I mean, you need a, if you're not liking it, change or else yeah it's just going to be uh a formula for burnout and any any specific one thing in your life um outside of the bike but also for the bike as well totally man and yeah like you said like i've been i've been producing videos and making videos since i was like 13 years old and that that's what i do for a job now and yeah right now I, i i do that for a bike company I've been doing that full time for as long as I've been training and making videos for different places and different companies. And that's a really good uh, outlet for me. Like it's almost like a part of my life. It's been like, I think back and I haven't made, didn't make that realization until recently that that's the thing that I've done the longest out of anything that I've ever tried is make videos, like come up with an idea and then make a video about it. I've been doing that Mm -hmm. now for like 16 years almost. And, and if I didn't have that, throughout my life, then, you know, I would have been lost quite a bit just because, you know, whether it's injuries or whether it's time between sports that I've had, or whether it was like, as a teenager having tough times, like that's been such a cool thing for me to always have and always do and always get a lot of fulfillment from. And I'm really lucky that I get to do that now still to this day, but, but, you know, it's just an ode to the fact that, that like, I don't think I could ever be in a position where I couldn't be creating like making something for me. I love video and that's what I've been doing. I don't think I could ever be in a position where I'm like not creating, making something like the idea, the, the, the whole process of like having an idea and then making something out of it is such a fulfilling part of my life. And it really like, whether, you know, I'm, I'm, I ever get to race full time or anything like that. I know that I will always be in the process of like creating videos and, it's just like diversifying yourself and having those kind of outlets, right? Like Chris Blevins, one of the best um, XC racers out there right now, like writes poetry and raps and that's his big thing or Payson McKelvin, right? Like he's out there uh, creating an amazing podcast, just like you are like every day and, and Mm -hmm. creating really cool content. And I think you find that those are the athletes who are truly the happiest and the most fulfilled are the ones who don't just go out there train then race, then lay in the bed, right? And like, yeah, yeah, maybe you would be faster technically if you trained, you know, all that time, but maybe you wouldn't be because you'd be unhappy and you you wouldn't be able to perform your best, right? Totally. Like even important. the adversity of everyday life, I mean, helps you be a better cyclist. 
Like yeah. for instance, we just, I just had a uh, 24 hours of old Pueblo with the coffee trailer. Dude, I was so sore when I got done, <laughs> you know, it was Friday, yeah. Saturday yeah. and Sunday. We've put in like over 40 hours of work, let alone the trailer itself is like loading it, unloading it, prepping it, you know, everything that goes into like getting a coffee business going is a lot of prep traveling to Flagstaff and back to, you know, restock on beans and so forth. And, um, but I didn't even touch the bike. And then I got on the bike, I think on Monday when I got home and dude felt so strong, right? Like I didn't have to ride my bike every day to feel strong. I took a break and I diversified my, my movement and my, my stress and like how I overcome stress I mean, I had the truck breakdown. I had to you know, call tow, tr- tow trucks, figure out a way to get my trailer there, figure out a way to get my trailer home. How the hell am I going to get home? Like, you know, these are things that the bike has prepped me for is like when shit hits the fan, figure it out and then move yeah. on and then just take things one step at a time. And, you know, and then I had an event this weekend. And so now I'm just like, oh, but, you know, it's just like things to kind of, kind of diversify um, your attention and diversify the way you go about everyday life. Instead well, of like keeping like, you stoked on the bike, right? That's, oh, that's an dude, important thing. 100%. Yeah, because at the end of the day, it's like when when I'm not able to train, I'm okay with it. But I have to make sure, okay, on Monday I'm back, right? Like it's yeah. like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get the shit I need to get done for my family, like run the business. But when I get back, it's, it's time yeah. to go adventure again. Well, you know? well, I think people have a lot of trouble with that though, right? Like I think as an athlete, number one, you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself, especially as an athlete. And maybe we like even say past just an athlete, an athlete who has a full-time job or works on the side, which we know a lot of people like that in the cycling world who are elite level athletes who still work. And there's people out there who question whether they can do both, like handle a full-time job and train a decent amount of volume to be able to race at the top end of races around the U S it's like, it's like, you have to have a certain amount of self-confidence that when shit comes up, like when life stuff comes up and for you, right. Like you have to take the trailer out for a weekend or, you know, for me, I'm like, oh man, I had like three video shoots in a row and now I'm a little burnt out. You have to have the confidence to be like, all right, it's okay. Like, I know that I'm going to get back on the bike on this day. So I'm not going to worry about it. I think a lot of people think that when stuff comes up, it's like, it's the end of it, but you can do a lot of like damage just beating yourself up in those moments where you're like, Oh, this came up and I'm not training and I'm not doing this. You really have to have a lot of self-confidence in yourself that like, you don't have to worry about it. You know, that at the core, that's what you're going to do. You're going to go and you're going to get back to training and handle it in stride. And that like, that is your life and that you have to take these things and strive to succeed. That's one of the biggest things that I've been able to develop lately is just a lot of flexibility for myself. And that takes the confidence to be like, Hey, I'm not feeling great today. I'm going to give myself a day off. That's not on the schedule, but I'm confident in knowing that that doesn't mean that I'm going to also take off tomorrow. Right. Like I'm going to get back tomorrow with even more like strength and more excitement for the bike. And sometimes you have to do that and you have to like be confident in yourself you really have to be confident in yourself as an athlete that when shit comes up you as an adult have to take care of it but you're gonna get back to training and it's not going to be the end of the world right yeah like, that's that's just the 
that's just what it is, you know, but you have to be able to do that. And the mentality and the mental fortitude to also be okay and grateful that you're not right. Like yeah, the flexibility of schedule, everyone kind of has that, but almost having the flexibility of that emotion tied to it. Right. Cause sometimes even me, like I'll be like, Oh man, I, I can't, can't train. How am I going to bring my bike to, to the event? Um, cause I, I need at least get an hour in like, that's sometimes not okay. Sometimes you just be like, okay, I'm going to bring my running shoes. I'm going to do one mile run and a hike. I'm gonna, maybe I'll bring my kettlebell and just do some kettlebell swings or, you know, just yeah. move the body in a different way. And that's only going to make me stronger for when I get on the bike, but like having that mental flexibility of just not grasping it, like, oh, I can't train. Um, cause you may be opened up flexibility wise, your schedule, but maybe you didn't allow your mind to let it go as well. Cause that's yeah. almost does more damage than, you know, the bringing your bike and riding it, even just if causing it's causing chaos in your day. Cause you're like, yeah. when am I going to get that hour in? When, when I... Yeah. It's yeah. And let's be clear. Like we're not saying like, Oh, you should just like take tons of breaks and like all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it goes with like what I was saying, like you've got to be confident that when you do take breaks, it's not that big of a deal. And by breaks, it's like, right, take a few days off because you have to do this or you have to do that. Um, like it's going to be okay. And yeah, you do a lot more damage by beating yourself up and putting yourself in a worse spot mentally than you do just like going with the flow and just keeping it going as soon as you're able to. I think that yeah. is like, that. that's the best thing that you can do in those kind of situations for sure. Totally, man, dude. We we are just freaking gurus right now. We haven't even. We are totally just Martin Quinn philosophizing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have a lot philosophy. of thoughts on all that kind of stuff, man. I I love like I think like I've always been very like introspective person. So I'm always yeah. aware just about like, and like I like to nowadays like to manage my own training just because I really have that kind of that that key idea number one fun. And really the ability to go with the flow and be confident that I'm going to get the volume in. Um, first and foremost, I, I have that ability. And like with that, you do a lot of thinking and a lot of introspection and a lot of just kind of constantly evaluating and everything like that. And and it uh, and you can come, I think like there's some cool ideas that you can come up with if you're, you know, if you have some experience to share like that. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I'm I'm the same way as very I mean, all the books I read, all we say spiritual. Yeah. <laughs> let's just say that. Like they're very like deeper than than what you may see. Um, so the bike has been that outlet for me, you know? Because mm -hmm. you know, I spent four or five years really get, getting into yoga, really like I, I really threw myself in there, you know, and it was a yeah. way for me to find a new sense of self um that wasn't uh that wasn't Quinn that everyone knew me as it was a Quinn that I knew that I am like this very, yeah. um, there's it, a deeper part of me that I think I knew about that. I, I just wanted to explore. And, uh, and I, yeah, I think it's just, I take my philosophy with yoga, which really translates to the bike really well. Um, and the practices of yoga and the practices of bike, it's just a different form of movement. And yoga was mm -hmm. never meant to be, you know, just, it's not physical. So yoga is union, you know, all the things you do on the mat 
or so you can get deeper in your mind. Right. Same with the bike. Like, yeah, you don't, there's, there's no, there's a means to the end. It's like, I'm not just getting on my bike to yes, there, I am getting on my bike to deepen my fitness, but also when you do reach that, that point of, of break, right. Like where you do lose that sense of self, where you start getting into the, the scarier parts of your mind, right. Yeah. That's yoga. That's where you can really do some self-reflection and, and know kind of some tendencies I may have that I'm not aware of, you know? So I'm like you, I'm very thinking deeply about two wheels on a different level than just like, let's be the fastest freaking bicyclist we can possibly be. Uh, Let's like really go out there and take first, second or third, or like, you're not, not worth shit. It's very like, let's go adventure. Yeah. And there's a part and we're both competitive, right? So I love racing. Yeah. That's not to say I don't love racing, but I think for me, first and foremost, the bike is that right? like, like I've always said that when I'm on the bike, I feel more connected to the world around me than in any other moment. That's whether I'm like on a gravel road and I'm seeing a bunch of animals or like, and, and, you know, I've spent some time living in Texas and, and going through some towns in the middle of fucking nowhere in Texas. And you feel kind of connected to the people that live there who maybe you wouldn't feel connected to at all in any way, because you would have never been there. You would have never seen what those people live. You would have never seen the, gotten a slight glimpse into the experience that they have. Like riding the bike has allowed me to really feel connected to the world around me and feel kind of a sense of belonging almost on like a spiritual level that I, that extends to everything else. You know, when I'm on the bike, I feel the most confident in talking to other people and, and I have so much energy because it's such a good vehicle for seeing the world and experiencing things in my, in my eyes. It's almost like whenever you're riding with somebody, it's like a layer has been taken off of them and you're really able to connect because you're at, at the base level, you kind of have this connection to the suffering that you're doing together and you're vulnerable and you're able to like, right. Like some of the, the closest I've ever felt to human beings has been like in the middle of the trenches of war. I wouldn't even make that comparison to war, but you know, in the depths of yeah. a race where you're just like, you know, depending on somebody else and they're like, here, dude, take a gel. And you're like, yeah, let me grab that gel. And you're like, you feel so connected in that moment. Yeah. And those are the experiences that for me, give me a lot of like energy and a lot of life. And, and, and it's, the bike is a really great way to be able to experience that, especially for somebody who has a desire to like be an athlete in any sense, or I don't know, like the desire to be an ultra athlete in any sense, like riding the bike is so unique in my experience. Cause you get to see so many cool things and it's just so fun. Oh yeah. And the, I mean, even I can count three to four rides that we've had that have just been, you know, we've gotten to know each other on such a deep level and and progress our friendship like totally twofolds because of the bike, you know, um, because it does take that layer down. And we've had these conversations of like these deep yeah. talks about like truly what's going on instead of like surface level. Yo, what's up, man? Like, how you doing? You know, how yeah. you feeling? Yeah. You really get to like experience ah, fortitude, like, like iron's sharpening iron at that point you know and you're doing it with someone else you're just yeah you're just out there feeling i'll never forget just our adventure from flagstaff to cottonwood like dude that that will forever be ingrained in my mind it was 160 miles yeah we it was such a round one so much suffering at the end for me but 
even like experiencing that suffering like makes it better looking back totally and just being there and supporting you you're like all right dude yeah are you good because you never know when like you're gonna implode right the like, stomach bug of doom yeah the stomach bug of doom the cupcakes <laughs> at mile 40 <laughs> dude who knows what it was but man i have no idea because you were sick after a little bit too yeah uh, i got sick for like the next three days yeah yeah but yeah man it's just it's a cool cool outlet to i mean find a sense of community and and health and mental health and you know just really talking to other people and what's cool is um we all are so different you know like the bike is that one thing that we can all relate to but really we all have occupations everyone's personality is so different like in hockey most people were like the personalities were pretty the same, you know, especially as yeah. a, as a young age, every, all the kids were just kind of faking it. Like, Oh yeah, we're just these tough hockey players, but yeah. Um, but cycling, yeah, you have, you have engineers and you have, you know, rocket scientists and carpenters and plumbers and bike, bike shop owners or um, tour guides, like rock climbers. You just have like yeah. all these different people who just, you can find it at a, a group ride and just be like, well, yeah. And especially off-road, I think it's, like, such an individual sport. Like, Mm -hmm. to an extent, if you're racing off-road, it is very individual that you find such, like, weird characters and people who, like, you know, are just, like, the craziest people you've ever met who do these, like, gnarly, gnarly things. I mean, thinking about some of my bikepacking friends and the crazy shit that they do and the crazy shit that they get on and just those characters and everything like that, there's such a wide variety of of people riding bikes and doing it for different purposes that it's such a cool thing. That's why one of the coolest things for me, I think we've said it like a bunch of times, just how, how many different avenues there are to, to riding bikes and racing bikes even. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so multidimensional. Um, and so kind of moving forward, um, I just want to hear what are your goals for this year? Obviously, getting healed um is that next next step but um like outside racing in racing kind of like what what are what are your goals for this year yeah dude i think for racing wise i i really want to start embracing that ultra side of things a little bit more and more i mean i have already but i uh well let me kind of rephrase like you said first and foremost healing up that's going to be the most important thing thinking um, that I'll be back to racing around June, maybe thinking of hitting up Bighorn Gravel in Colorado as my first race back. I initially had plans to be racing some ultras in May and uh, doing some ultra efforts around that time, which is going to take a little bit of a backseat. But big goals that I have uh, for that, for like the upcoming year, are uh, one of them is to uh, get over to uh, get over to Nebraska for Gravel Worlds and race the 300. That's one of the events that I've always really wanted to go do and race is the 300 at Gravel Worlds. From what I hear, it's a really fast, uh, very long effort, but really fast course. Uh, And it sounds really, really fun. So uh, I wanted to do another ultra effort before that. I may not at this point with the way that I'm healing and just kind of giving my shoulders some time. That's one of my big goal events. Um, I'd also like to be able to get out on Dana's uh, Verde Valley Randonnée course um, I know Dane is another dude you've had on the podcast, a uh, local Flagstaff uh, bike pack race organizer. He has a really rad um, 
250 mile or so course. That's a mixture of gravel and pavement. I'd love to be able to get out there uh, on a day with some good legs and just have a great time uh, hitting that course up. That's kind of an, not an event, but something that I have that I just like, I really want to get out there and do that. Um, especially because I won't be able to raise pinions and pines this year. I've been told that course is kind of like a gravel version of pinions and pines. So going to get out there on that for sure, for really good effort. Um, and aside from that, just kind of peppering in some random races throughout the year, I'm definitely going to head back to Chino Grinder. Um, I'm going to, I'm hoping to be able to get to Spirit World as well, um, you know, here in Arizona. And, uh, you know, like, couple other ultra events. Uh, some of my calendar is still a little open, especially because I had a bit of a plan to do some bigger early season racing uh, that kind of got obviously just kind of pushed back. So I'm going to be keeping my like eyes open for some other events. Um, September and October, just the fall here in Arizona and Northern Arizona, especially is so rad that like my plan is really to just be here around that time doing events local events around here because there's so many different options whether it's like stagecoach over here or whether it's chino grinder or then like i said spirit world the fall around here is so beautiful and um let's not forget bear howard the local flagstaff gravel race is definitely one that's yeah. going on the calendar this year and that one so, is uh, health dude for sure first and foremost that's kind of where i'm at and after that um just finding some more events. Uh, I'm I'm not too sure what it's looking like in terms of the timeline to get back on the mountain bike, just because that's a little bit of a different story in terms of like having your arms out a little bit wider, like more stress on the shoulder than if you're just on a drop bar bike. But um, we'll see. We'll see. Last time my mantra was that if I ride mountain bike trails on my gravel bike, then it's not mountain biking. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep we'll keep up with that. I know. Really, really keep up with that following the off-road um but that's really cool i think i'm gonna try to get bighorn and uh you, you and i should definitely do the verde valley rendone together yeah um because i think we can time. really help each other push a good time you know because you yeah. and i like to go fast not that we would try to well we try to want to beat dana but um just go you know that's just that's we just want to go fast oh hey there Guys, don't forget, check out moxielife.com and use caps, all caps, Stoke Podcast at checkout to get 15% off of your Hydromag that you just put in your cart. Yeah, Stoke Podcast, all caps. Let's get to it. Sorry for the pause. We are getting back to it. Um, but... Yeah, there's some really, really rad bike events in Arizona. There's um the Verde Valley Rally too. That's gonna be coming up March 25th. Um there we go. nice. How's this? It's better now. A little now? bit kinda. I think I think um when I save the audio, it'll be it'll be crisp because yeah. it'll take your audio, but it's it's fine. Um that's really cool. So you're really kind of digging into that ultra endurance um events which you've you've been talking about and and also you know 100 mile gravel races and mountain bike races yeah. but really trying to focus on getting those bigger ultras down um and let me see what else what else do you got to say to the to the stoked minds out there 
man, what else do I have to say? Man, I don't know. I, like, I think, I feel like we've covered a lot of just like what makes us want to ride bikes. Like, I really think like the most important thing and the most important thing I ever just try to tell anybody is just try to have fun on the bike, man. We say that, we've said that already a million times that like, like just no matter whether you're like trying to compete for a spot on a world tour team or whether you're trying to be at the top end of off-road racing in America, no matter what, you really got to have fun, man. Like love the bike for what it is. Don't be afraid to have experiences outside of your comfort, uh, your comfort point in cycling and just try to have fun because that's, what's going to give you longevity in the sport is having a deep rooted enjoyment for riding a bicycle in the million different ways that you can do it. So for me, man, that's always like the big thing that I try to tell anybody is to focus on that. And that's what I'm looking forward to do to doing, man. You know, I have a, like a bit of a recovery ahead of me, some tough PT days ahead, but I'm still just really, really fired up to get out there and race this year and add some more races to my calendar. Uh, last year, I didn't get to do a lot of uh, mountain bike racing. Uh, this year, that's something that I'd love to really get back to because it's such a big strength of mine, uh, riding technical terrain. So getting back to that and, and you know, getting off track a little bit, but still just having fun because for me, right, like I always, like I always said, dude, like if you're riding a gravel bike, you get bored of it, go ride the mountain bike, have fun doing that thing like it's always the best thing that you could possibly do is to just focus on what's going to make you the best athlete not just like for that race that's eight weeks down the road but for like next year the year after that what's going to keep the fire burning so you can just keep it going and that's another just one of my big focuses we're talking about goals is for me personally I mean it's clear that it's something that I've struggled with is finding longevity in the sport because I keep getting hurt. And, you know, that's a real battle that I'm going through every single day in my mind, because I don't want to be the dude that gets hurt all the time. You know, that's not who I want to be, not even for any other reason, other than it really hurts. Like I'm, I'm kind of tired of it. And like, it sucks to be not riding a bike. So for me, that's a battle that I have and that I want to keep going through this year is just how can I continue to find some longevity while still pushing the limits in the ways that I like to do. So, you know, it's going to take a little bit of thought for myself to get to that point, but I think it's going to be really important. You know, I admit that I definitely take some risks that I shouldn't, and it's going to be something that I need to continuously work on for myself, because I truly believe that longevity is the most important thing in endurance sports and cycling, just because once you get multi, just that time in the saddle that you can build up from consistency, all that kind of stuff, is worth so much. Um, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I, I have some work to be able to get to that point. I don't feel like I'm there. Um, but it doesn't mean that I, I don't think it's the most important thing. And something that I try to push on other people is just really think about like, right, it's always said like a happy cyclist is a fast cyclist. And that means like a happy cyclist now, a happy cyclist a year from now, two years from now, and usually that takes a healthy mind and a healthy body to be able to accomplish. I feel like the mind's there, the body is taking a little bit of beating, but I'm, I'm in a, I, I'm in a good spot, I think, to move forward and, and find that longevity. I think that's, what's going to make a big difference for me. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think longevity is the most important thing to find, um, in regards to God, not only cycling, but everything, 
You know, yeah. I want to be 65, 70 years old and still adventuring. Totally, man. And that's another thing, dude, that took me so long to realize was just that you can do this sport for such a long time. And there is no need, especially for athletes who are coming out of college. I I've lately have found as, especially as off-road cycling has been growing in America, I found that like, there's more and more athletes coming into the sport as 22, 23 year old, fresh out of college, just like you and I did. And for those athletes, it's like, it's very easy. And for me, I don't know if you ever dealt with this, but it's so easy to get caught in this mindset of like, of like, oh, I'm never going to catch up or I'm never going to be like, you know, there's people that have been doing this for so long. There's people that, you know, have been doing this for X, Y, and Z. But like, the reality is that like, you can do it. And the quicker that you're able to get past that mindset of like, I'm behind, or I have to play catch up and realize and find the confidence that you belong there, right? Like you belong in the top end of races and you belong on the front of the Peloton, the quicker you can find that confidence, it'll do a lot of wonders for you because, uh, some of the crashes that I've had, I can think it's just because I didn't have that confidence. And once I was able to like, finally realize that, Hey, I'm here. And I realized that way later than I should have probably it's a really confidence inspiring thing. It's a really great thing to just be able to know that, Hey, I, I may not have been doing this as long as these other people, but I'm a great athlete. And the experiences that I had before this have brought me to a level up that those other people don't have. And now I just have to learn how to ride a bike, right? Like that's kind of it. So that's another kind of takeaway that I have, especially with, that kind of influx of people who are coming into the sport late and really succeeding in this sport uh, as like cyclists who haven't been doing this since they were 10 years old. Um, just be patient, man. I think like somebody said that, uh, that it takes like at least five years of dedicating yourself to something to just truly see uh, the fruits of your labor kind of come to life. And that's just the beginning, right? Like I think it, it, if you really want to get to the top it'll take even more than that, but Patience and confidence, man, is a really important thing for, for getting into the sport and trying to uh, race at a high level. Yeah. Patience and confidence. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, dude, that was a, I'm, I'm so stoked that we finally got you on the podcast. Um, yeah, it's, been, it's been a long time coming. Thanks for having it's me. It's been way too long. Um, and you're going to have to get a Stoke podcast t-shirt. Yeah, man. I'm going to order mine. I'm going to do the pink so we'll be matching but it's all right yeah um and the audio on the stoke dealer is the audio still not good yeah dude it's uh really skippy um let me do a quick mic test real quick one second really skippy but it could just be test test yeah because i'm hoping um i'm hoping that the audio gets yeah it's coming uh, through okay on my end i just it tested is? it yeah yeah okay cool um it might be your it's... um it might be our headphones but it's not we just have another podcast <laughs> we'll just do it again um better still or worse? better or worse yeah i can still hear you Let's see check 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 has it been skippy the whole time or did it just start towards the end? Mm. 
Okay. How's this? Is it still skipping a lot? Not skipping. And there. How's this? Oh. Is it skipping still? No. Not skipping? Boom. We're back. Cool. That means the recording was totally fine. Oh, dude. There we go. That is so, so sick. Because I yeah. was like worried. I was like, on my end, I was like, yeah, that would have been a bummer. Like that would have been a huge nuggets. bummer. Um, good nuggets. But yeah, dude, it's been fucking super, super good to catch up. Um, and I'm really excited to see you not only heal, but to see where you're going to be um, at the end of this year. And I want to, I want to hear all the, all the cool adventures you go on and all the cool races that you do. And yeah, you dude, you're at a level, man, where you can take it to such a, a high, high achievement. You know, you're just, you're fast, dude. And you're an athlete. Like I can attest, I, I ride with you. Um, even on the gravel bike, it's impressive the way you handle the way you just can throw down on flats and the way you climb, you know? So thanks man. Yeah. And I'm, I'm excited to see what happens when you throw some bags on there and just go for 300 miles Go for 300 miles. Yeah, dude, I got to find some, I got to, I got to find like my pinions and pines redemption event. Cause I was already planning on, on doing gravel worlds, but pinions and pines, I, I, I really was stoked to do a, a multiple day event, but yeah. Uh, Regardless, dude, I appreciate it. Yeah, man. I, I just really like riding bikes and riding fast is fun. And yeah, that's, I'm just going to keep going. There's like something in me where I just really love the process of being an athlete and love training and love like getting up every day and filling up bottles and doing that stuff. And I couldn't imagine doing anything else. Right. So yeah. dude, if, and you're doing if, it I, right. if I can have some, like the opportunity to have some good success racing and getting to push the limits, then that's going to be super rad, but that's never the goal for me. That's just kind of like a, a plus, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, to get up and fill those water bottles is a good thing. Fill up the water bottles. Yeah. Yeah. Stay hydrated. You know, I mean, dude, all the little things like, yeah. like getting up in the morning, putting your bib on that ride, like getting all the stuff together the night before so that you can like get a couple extra minutes of sleep and stuff like that. Yeah. Drinking a lot that's of water. Staying away yeah. from beer, um, yeah, thinking well, eating well, um, being in a state of gratitude and a state of health so that you can go out and adventure every yeah. day and push the body. And yeah, dude, it's a, it's a fun, cool, God, so cool. Such a cool yeah, sport. Well, we will be back to riding together in like, I think six weeks is what I've been told right now from right now. Okay. Well, so that's, like, that's like, that's uh, like, beginning of april so oh. I'm, I'm out of the sling and like dude i'm out of the sling in three weeks Go on. Wait. the sling is like the worst part it's just you just like have to just like sit there with this thing tied to you i know but the cool part is dude i have dead person tissue in my shoulder now what I, like there's tendons from a dead person holding my shoulder together now have you um had weird dreams i have dude i have no, you haven't. Have the first thing that when the doctor told me that, I was like, man, I hope he's fast. And I thought, I think he thought I was a weirdo when I said that. Seriously? But, yeah, I was kind of drugged up afterwards. But so, yeah, it's. It, have you been having weird dreams, dude? Seriously? Dude, I have been having weird dreams. I have. I wonder if that's why. I, to be honest, to be fair, I think the reason I've been having weird dreams is because I'm doing zero exercise right now and my mind is just like 
floating like screaming for help yeah. but i do some research on that dude dude the i energy transfers man energy transfers that there might be some form of energy still stuck in that tendon you'll have it is, you'll little, have a, it is pretty numb still so you have some it dreams is. of just uh, like being a new york yankee and throwing the last last pitch of the inning and winning <laughs> the cup wait i don't think you win a cup for mbaa wait mbaa nba you win a mlb dude dude well my god you win the it's the one that's got a lot of flags on it mlb i cannot believe i just said mba major league baseball association (laughs) oh well i ride bikes (laughs) yeah right i don't have time for anything else no well right Um, now i do but not baseball i think my baseball career has been over (laughs) it's over with the shoulder surgeries Yeah, I had a really good baseball career as a t-ball, as a catcher in t-ball. You know, Dude. the 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 type of baseball that doesn't require a catcher. That's the position I was. Nice. I was yeah, you were just behind yourself. the guy t- the t-ball. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. well, dude, it's freaking awesome catching up with you. Um, I'll drop your socials in the show notes so people can see. Um, thanks, dude. Yeah, you can. Yeah, it's keep- been rad keep keep you updated or can stay updated on kind of what you're doing and your healing process and your sponsors and what you're going to be doing 2023. So um, yeah, I'm excited. And next, well, I'm going to have you on again and we'll go more into depth of like experiences and more so like that. Cause I think we really touched yeah. on you and I, you and I, when we start going, man, we just philosophize and we kind of, yeah, dude, there's just so much to be said about that, right? Like motivation, why we do the things that we do everything like yeah. that and so i think spiritual deep dive into the motivations into the motivations and i think a lot of people can resonate because everyone is a spiritual being having a human experience whether you're a carpenter or a creator or a a pro cyclist exactly you know exactly so we'll leave it on exactly that. stay stoked right, my man. friends and you can stay on cool stop